Welcome to the Law Firm Accounting and Tax Podcast, powered by Jetro. Each week, we bring extremely valuable accounting and tax tips specific to law firm owners. You will be on your way to growing your practice and putting more money in your pockets. Here's your host. This is the first episode in a series of podcast episodes about strategic planning. And in this first episode, we're going to be talking about preparing for strategic planning. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Jezoshek, and I'm a CPA and founder over at Jetro, which is an innovative accounting firm servicing small business owners across the country. And today, I'm joined by co-host, Mike Hudkins, who's also a CPA over here at Jetro, and who I like to call our our lawyer expert. Uh, So, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. How's it going today? Oh, going pretty well. Uh, When we start looking at... uh, um, beginning the strategic planning process and so forth, the first thing we do, as we do for anything, is we start preparing for, for the whole process or preparing for strategic planning. And when we start talking about planning and so forth, planning is, it's, it's about leadership. Um, when we start talking about implementing, then we start talking about management. But, but planning, the leadership side of this is, is the, the, the 10,000 foot view, the, the mission, the vision and so forth. And that generally comes from the top. But again, the whole uh, key to success in the strategic planning is about leadership. And what I found over the years uh, it, with, with not just lawyers and, and small law firms, but just about most any kind of business, is when you start asking the hard questions uh, to people, you generally find out that they spend more time planning their vacation than to do the, the future of their <laughs> firm. And uh, I, I know that that's a bit of a, you know, kind of a chuckle, but the truth of the matter is um, most businesses and probably including many CPAs that, that would, that they'd have to sit back and tongue in cheek say, yeah, that that's sort of true. Um, and one of the things, the whole process of this is, is just a process to, to sort of take a look at, what you want to have happen in your professional life and personal life. And, and both of those will intertwine uh, professional, personal, and financial will all intertwine in this whole process. One of the, one of the things that you have to look at this is when you start this process is get an overview uh, and get into the proper mindset. The um, I've often had uh, lawyers and doctors and, and CPAs and a lot of others so in the so-called professions look at this and say, well, this isn't a business. This is a profession. I don't sell. I don't do these kinds of things. And, and where that may be sort of true, it might not be true forever because there is a, a big movement going on and it's hard to stop it. It's the commoditization of a lot of law, of a lot of uh, different kinds of services. Certainly in the CPA profession, uh, we've seen this from receiving and, and, uh, and giving kind of, the, 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 the whole tax practice used to be the, the, the review of, of the lawyers and law firms, and then the CPA sort of took that over. And then uh, what's, what's happening now is we see a lot of the Jackson Hewitts, and we see a lot of the H&R Blocks, and, and the, the tax preparation uh, uh, is becoming more commoditized. Uh, 
And mm-hmm. that's in the law business as well, in the law profession. And, and I use those interchangeable, and I know that many won't. But let's say you're there in the business of the, the practice of the profession of law, and so both of those would be, would be accurate. We have to sort of get over this attitude that, uh, you know, I'm way up here, I am a professional, because it can be, uh, can end up being counterproductive to the you know, development of a practice. Um, there's, you know, this, this new paradigm in, in law, this, the, with the internet that's going on, interstate commoditization of certain areas of practice, for instance, um, will online forms, you can, you can contracts, uh, you can uh, go onto the internet and download uh, a, a lot of different forms that, that are perfectly decent, legitimate um, forms. You don't have the advice of a professional to give you that comfort uh, feeling, but in general, um, they can be pretty good. So the cheese is moving, if you've ever read that book, Who Moved the Cheese? And um, it's how we react to that and how we plan for it, because you know, a long time ago, there's used to be companies out there that produced buggy whips. And those that uh, have had seen the writing on the wall have, have added to their products, and those that didn't are, are no longer around with us. Uh, yeah. You know, one, like one thing I think that, you, that is interesting that you said, this isn't just to law firms. This isn't just to CPA firms. This is happening all over the place. And the, the biggest part that I think and what we're going to talk about you know, within these next few episodes is a strategic planning piece is that you have to, you have to understand that. And that the first thing is, I think you have to come to realization that that's the truth. Things are becoming more modernized, becoming more um, commoditized. And by doing that, um, you have to change, you have to adapt to it and you have to make yourself more present and show the value that you're bringing. And so I think that that's, key to know that this is happening across all businesses and really the ones that you can see start to tail off are those ones that are, are saying, well, I guess it's time to retire. The people are just not changing. And, and, you know, the first part of that not changing is I think that strategic planning, they, they never thought they had to change. They just said, yeah, people are talking about these things that are changing and, and, and the, how you need to more modernize people are talking about that, but it'll never happen until it does. And, and, and that's what's key here. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and uh, again, it's one of those kinds of things that in the old adage would, when they start talking about the country, you know, they'd say, love it or leave it. And uh, the other side is change it or lose it. And I think, um, I think that's pretty accurate because uh, you would have to adapt to the changing times, but you have to sort of have your antlers or your, your antenna <laughs> antlers, antenna up, uh, so that you can start to recognize these changes at, um, because, you know, down the road, once you've had it handed to you, it just might be a little bit too late. So one of the things that, that I think we you have to start doing uh, early on in this preparation for, for strategic planning is identifying various uh, impediments to growth. Uh, and the first thing I think you hit on that was the reluctance to change or not open to new ideas. Uh, maintain the status quo. For many, many, many years, that might have been the case. I, re- I know the lawyers for the longest time uh, were, were absolutely stuck on the billable hour and, and uh, you know, everything has is, is been billed by, by uh, 
how much you know, your your billable hourly rate times the number of hours you work. And there's a lot of discussion on that, but and then uh, a, a lot of lawyers and, and are finding that they can make more money by changing their their model a little bit and by going to all alternative billing and pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that you have to be concerned about in this keeping up with the Joneses is don't you need to know what your competition is doing and where they are, but they might be doing things wrong too. So yeah. this keeping up with the Joneses thing, take that with a little bit of a, a tongue in cheek. Well, and you know, one point of that too, and I always look at this when, when I'm talking tax strategies with clients, I say, you know, every, your brother, your neighbor, your friend, everyone's going to tell you this tax tip that they heard down the road, but that doesn't mean that that tax tip is, is a legitimate tax tip. And, you know, yeah. I, I always say just because your brother, your sister, whoever didn't get, get, didn't get st- stuck doing something incorrectly doesn't mean that it's correct um and you know that keeping up with the joneses idea too is generally stating you know there's kind of two things when you're when you're planning your business where do you want to go you can be just like everybody else or you can be innovative and way ahead of the curve and if you're keeping up with the joneses you're going to be same as everybody else and you're not going to be that innovative firm so i think too as part of this process is is where do you want to stand on that spectrum you want people to look at you as this new modern way to do things? Are you going to take risks and take chances? Or are you content with just being the same, running the same type of business as the guy on the other across the street from you? And that's kind of takes, you know, a big role into what type of strategic plan you're doing. Yes, that's, because uh, that's interesting coming from you who, who is, who is definitely taken a new, new business model, doing things a little differently than, uh, than what has been done over the last four or five decades. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing that I think that, that strategic planning uh, oftentimes uh, fails on or, or is n- not responsive to is identifying what, what I like to call the stakeholders in, in your law firm, not, not necessarily just the ownership, but the people that are affected by your decisions and, and consider involving those in this planning process. Uh, and we'll talk about the stakeholders uh, a little bit more, uh, probably um, in the next podcast or two. But uh, again, that is oftentimes more than just the ownership. Uh, the other thing that that you have to have in, in, when we're looking at this, the in the impediments to growth, is the mindset issue again. This lack of confidence in the process. Um, you, you just have to understand the value of planning and the results that it can bring you. And more so than that, you need to be terrified of, of the results that failing to plan is going to yeah. probably thrust on you. And if one, if the, if the carrot doesn't get you, the stick should motivate you. And so that's really important to have confidence in that process. Uh, the other thing is as you, as any business, uh, starts to develop um, uh, strategic plans and so forth, there needs to arise from the crowd or, or and uh, designate uh, one of the members of, of, of the stakeholders of this is a, uh, is a champion of this process. Uh, and you can, the, the thing that's important is you can't give somebody the responsibility to, to do the planning or responsibility for the process without giving them the authority to make it happen. 
that is a, a pretty much a, a formula uh, to run into. Uh, and this is particularly important, I think, in, in law firms of, with more than one owner, um, where you have three, maybe three or maybe even four lawyers, and one of them is just a naysayer and does not uh, get involved in this and doesn't want to get involved in this and, and the planning and it just ignores it. Somebody needs to have the authority to, to be able to crack a whip here and, and to, there has to be some, some repercussions uh, to not being a part of this planning process or fighting the planning process. And again, we'll, we'll be dealing with a, a lot more than that down the road. When you're talking about uh, lawyers, it's very interesting. Lawyers are, their whole business is based upon an adversarial model in many ways, in many cases. And, but they are very, very loath to be adversarial with their partners or to hold their partners accountable. And part of strategic planning of its essence is, is this grade card and this, these milestones and holding people accountable to those tasks that they might be assigned to. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, you know, just to that point, I think a lot of times as, as business owners, that, that can be scary. Um, but it, it's, it's almost necessary. And it goes back to that you have to have confidence in the process. You have to have confidence this is going to work. And it can be scary to not bear your, put that all on your shoulders because as business owners, I think you, you have that natural tendency to say, I know how to do this, so I'm going to get it done. And it's hard to put that responsibility on someone else's shoulders because you just feel like you can do it better yourself or you can get it done quicker or whatever it might be. So it, it can be scary, but that's part of that. I think as well, that goes well with confidence in the process is that there's a process and this is part of that process. And it's just having that confidence in, Hey, this is going to work. This is, you know, this, this is the way to do it. And it's, it's kind of letting go of that fear and, you know, having that, giving that authority because the last thing that you want is a bunch of people that you're not giving any authority to, and you're now stuck holding all that responsibility on your shoulders. That's going to destroy the entire process together. Yes. And, and, you know, people get sick. People, you know, people want to take vacations. People don't, you know, want to do everything and be everything to, to everybody at all times. Um, you know, that, that's kind of, uh, Kind of an important process in, in the planning uh, as well. Um, one of the other things that I think uh, uh, we need to, particularly in the professions, avoid is that this entitlement of, of success. In other words, when we first got into this business a long time ago, we opened up our shop and uh, we didn't have to do much other than maybe talk to a few bankers and that kind of stuff and some other professionals and business flowed in pretty well. Uh, the whole model has changed now. Um, we have found out that clients are, are, don't really think that we're just automatically entitled to success. There's a lot of competition and we have to do something about that to be able to bring in new business. And uh, you know, it's more than just cutting costs. You can't cut, you know, you can't cut costs if you don't have any revenues to, to speak of. So we have to have an attitude that this is a business and then we're going to have to make, take some steps that's going to be some, that's going to probably take people out of their comfort zone from the standpoint of, of just lack of familiarity. The other thing is you're going to, once in a while, we, we probably already all met someone along this line, but we have to identify 
personnel that may be counterproductive to, to this process and to growth. Um, whoever that might be, that's just a, you know, a grump, a naysayer, something that, that fights everything that you do, that never, never saw a good deal in their life or never saw the, a deal that they liked or, or a change that they liked and was completely resistant to change. Um, when you encounter that, you're going to have to have a serious heart-to-heart -heart talk about whether that there's a good fit for, for the future uh, in, in that firm and so forth. Um, and, yeah. you know, one thing about when you're starting to do strategic planning is, is I, I kind of go back to that method before. It is scary. It is uncomfortable. You're going to be forced into situations that are situations you might not want to deal with, avoiding conflict, things like that. That's part of the process. And it's, it's opening up to that and being willing to say, I know this is not going to be easy. I know this is going to be tough. I know there's going to be things that I don't want to do in this process, but if things are going to change or if we're going to be successful or more successful than we are today, it's part of that process. So, you know, I, I think that that's key to, to forewarn people is that your success comes from being uncomfortable. If you're always comfortable, it's hard to have, see massive success because you're always in that comfort state. You're always comfortable. And so great things come from being uncomfortable. So don't be afraid of that uncomfortability, you know, in this process. That's a good thing. Embrace well it and fight through it. Yeah, that, that's that old adage, well-behaved people rarely make history. That's probably right. Mm -hmm. uh, just as important as identifying personnel that might be counterproductive is identifying clients or client types, maybe more, more importantly, that uh, are counterproductive to growth. And we've all heard these things as we've been developing practices over the years. You know, 20% of your clients will generate you percent of your revenues and and uh, also 20 percent of or 80 percent of certain clients and so forth that generate most of the most of the problems so you know looking for that a type client and identifying the type of client that you want is an important part of this planning process uh, this this whole planning process is answering generally five basic questions and those those questions are who are we? Uh, who's out there? Who, who do we want to be? How do we get there? And how do we execute our plan to get there? This who, who we are, or who are we, um, is, is we look at our, our organization, we look at our, our current resource, our office space, our personnel, our technology, practice areas, our financial performance, and again, the, the client list, who's where we are, uh, knowing where you where you are is, is always the starting point. Who's out there? What what's our current marketplace? Who are our potential clients? What is unique to us? What is our competitive advantage? Um, who are other emerging uh, emerging service providers other than lawyers? Again, that that's that paradigm that seems to be changing on us. Really, really important. We need to look outward seven to ten years. And we need to focus on who do we want to be? What do we envision that the firm to look like in the future? The size of the firm, the number of personnel, the areas of practice that we, we want to provide, uh, um, identifying ideal clients. Also, how are we governed? Who, who's going to succeed us? Um, you know, at some point in time, uh, we want to be able to, to have a legacy and to turn this business, maybe it's to children, maybe it's to, to, to you know, 
great uh, associates that are brought on and so forth. But we need to look at, uh, at who we want to be. And I think that, that is, that's one of the hardest questions is because it's so far out there, it's hard for us to envision three, even three years, even the end of the year. But you're looking three, seven, five, seven, ten years out. It's so hard to envision that um, because it is so far away. You know, what were you doing 10 years ago? That's, <laughs> you were doing something a lot different than what you're doing now. And so the key here, though, is that it's, it's not necessarily going, it's not the end all be all. Things are going to evolve. Things are going to change. But if you don't have that kind of roadmap, at least of some type of distance out there, it's really hard to see the direction you're going because your, your, your area of direction is very wide. There's That's no a, clear path. Yeah, that goes back to that old vacation planning thing that I said. You just don't pack your family into the car, start driving and say, where do we want to go for vacation? <laughs> You, you know, this is where people sit down and look at this and, you know, and ask those questions before they get in the car. Who's going? Where are you going? You know, where we're going to stop? What are the things we're going to see? How much money do we need? All these kinds of things. That's a very simple version of, of strategic planning, but it's not that, you know, far off in concept. Um, what, we're, what we talk about, once you say, who do we want to be? That, that's, the, that's the crucial question. From that point backwards, I think it's, it's sort of a reverse engineering process. So how do we get where we want to be? And the first thing that you need to fig figure out is the, is the, big, the big picture, the 10,000-foot the picture, the mission statement, a vision statement. Um, you start to clearly identify goals, objectives, and strategies, and tactics to achieve those goals. In other words, we, we identify who's going to do what, when it's going to be done, and what resources are going to be required. And what we have to do is, is understand we don't really need to focus on our existing resources, personnel, facilities, and so forth, because the whole planning process is probably going to identify that that's not going to be where you're going to be seven years from now or 10 years from now. So you don't focus on your existing abilities. We'll, we'll address those kind of issues in the, in the financial modeling as we go through the strategic planning process. So how do we execute our plan to get there? Um, it requires, as, as we talked about, documentation, a roadmap. You've mentioned a roadmap. And uh, we have to identify the champion of the process. If it's a single owner, that's a pretty, you know, a pretty easy job to do. But uh, it's, you know, it's not, if, if it's more than one lawyer or a, a small firm and so forth, it needs to be someone not only with the responsibility to implement the plan, but the authority to ensure compliance. Um, and the, the part of the, the process of planning, as things change, and they will change, the plan needs to be dynamic. Uh, the world changes, the plan's got to change to reflect those, those changes. Um, for example, we, uh, we rarely purchase CDs, you know, for listening to our music anymore. Uh, that was kind of hard for me to understand, but being somewhat of a musician and this kind of thing, we now, um, we download our music. I, I no longer subscribe to uh, uh, that service in the car, what Sirius XM, because on my phone, I just plug it into my car and I say, uh, play the Beatles or, or, you know, play whatever it may be. And um, it just starts playing and it, it just interacts with it. Things are different. Um, quite simply, uh, you know, these 
CDs or, or you know, look, carrying them with us in our cars and so forth, they're not happening. And built-in GPS guidance systems are becoming obsolete. So we have to make changes as we go through this. And so, I thought that was funny that the, you know, you mentioned, you just mentioned the GPS thing, and that that came up when when we were together. And I said, you know, I I, I remember my first car, or not my first car, but the first big boy car, I'll call it. I had to upgrade to get this built-in GPS system in there because it wasn't something that came standard. Um, and two years later, I stopped even using it because it was so obsolete. I had a phone. I had my phone that could read traffic. And I was like, okay, that's a lot different thing now. So it, it's crazy. You know, just in that example we talked about is things change. And, and, and you know, I think that's huge. We said the plan has to be dynamic. And that's absolutely true because everything changes. And like I said, when you look back 10 years ago, what were you doing? I doubt you could say 10 years ago that you're doing what you would have said what you're doing it now. That's likely not true. And so that's where the, that, that things change. But, you know, with that mindset in, in mind is it, it, it doesn't mean that planning now for 10 years out is not a good idea. It's still a great idea, but it's having that plan that's dynamic that can change because things are going to change and it's just planning for that change as well. Well, it, in, uh, in that, uh, the, the book I had written about uh, strategic planning uh, for lawyers, the, uh, one of the diagrams that I have in there is a circle at the end of this thing, when you've implemented and everything else is done, it circles back around and uh, starts looking at those changes and then correcting the plan and going through this whole process. It's, it's a never ending continual process. And I think that's probably a good place to, to probably leave this podcast on is that that uh, when we start looking at preparing for strategic planning, understand we'll be preparing for strategic planning and you know, for for as long as we're involved in the businesses. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know that's something we talked about a, a while back on a previous episode too. Is that um, a strategic plan is not meant to be something that you put all this time and effort in and interviews in and and you build this roadmap and then you put it on your desk and you never see it again. That strategic plan is a failed plan from the beginning. Um, and so that's, that's key that you kind of mentioned that piece. So, um, yeah, so this is, you know, you know, some of the things that we mentioned here, this is again, preparing our first podcast episode, preparing for strategic planning. Um, and, you know, it, it's that before you even decide to do that plan, here are some things that you need to, to think about. And, and, you know, some of the things that you mentioned was, you know, identifying impediments to growth. Um, uh, having confidence in this process. And, and these are things that you need to do before you get into the plan. If you're coming into this in the mindset that it's not going to work, you don't want to do it. Um, this plan is not going to be worth it. And it's not worth your time. You can be, you, you're better off sticking to what you're doing. And yeah, it's not going to be a, a great end story that you're going to have just kind of running that roadmap, following everybody else. Um, but there's no point in putting time, effort, money, into doing a strategic plan unless you follow some of the things that we discussed today. So, you know, I, I always look back in again is strategic planning is huge. Um, it, it determines where you go and, and you kind of gave the, the point of a comparison to a vacation is you don't just get in your car and say, okay, family, where, where are we going to go? And then see where you go. That, that doesn't happen. And if it does, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not very successful. Um, and so that's the same thing with strategic planning and running your business. You can't just, get up every day and say, okay, I'm just going to do my work and then move on and have no idea what direction you're going in, where you want to be, how you want to get there. 
it's just going to be mediocre type business that you have. And so it's, it's really determining that in this planning, preparing the plan before the strategic planning, preparing to know and have that confidence that this is going to work and be all in on the plan. You can't be, you can't be one foot in the door. It has to be something that you believe in. And so that's kind of the idea that we talked about today. Exactly right. Exactly right. And one of the, it, it, disregarding the bad English, the, the thing that if you've always, if you always do what you've always have done, you will always get what you have always got. Yeah. Uh, the, the bad English, but, but that's kind of the point. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's all for our first episode here. Again, this is the preparing for strategic planning, getting some of those ideas in the paper. Um, I, I want to thank you guys for joining this episode and we will see you on the next episode when we talk about that whole planning process. We take that next step into strategic planning, how it's, how it's going to be done and how you're going to do it. Thanks again, Mike. Mm-hmm. Good day. Now, one last thing before I go, we created a Facebook group called Building a Successful Law Firm to take what you learn here and dive even deeper. This Facebook group is a place where we share tons of value for free, and you also have the opportunity to bring up situations you are faced with and collaborate not only with our team, but with other firm owners as well. Simply go to Facebook and search for the Building a Successful Law Firm group. Again, it's Building a Successful Law Firm group. I'll see you in there. This has been another episode of the Law Firm Accounting and Tax Podcast from the team at Jetro. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on and share with other law firm owners. If you have any questions or future topics you want to hear, email them to tax at jetrotax.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.